Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. What's up? What's up? It's Dan Brew again. We've got the Actually Connecting Podcast. I'm really excited. This is where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. We have a really cool guy on that we're going to interview today. His name is Christopher Lee, and he goes by the Soul Coach. He does life coaching, and he kind of focuses on healing with the mind, the body, and the soul. And as so many of you know, that is what I love to delve into. So I'm really excited <laughs> to kind of really jump into some conversation and no holds barred on this one, really kind of see where it goes with Christopher Lee. Christopher, it is such a pleasure, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. You know, uh, I know it took us a couple of weeks to get it to get it to hook up, but uh, we're here, man. <laughs> the best things in life you have to wait for and prepare for. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, very good. So tell people, how did you come to know yourself by the soul coach? That's, those are powerful words. <laughs> well, you know, I was looking for a way to kind of differentiate um, mm -hmm. what I do. Um, as, a, as a life coach, there's, there's a lot of noise out there, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, my specialization or my niche is really in, in a holistic uh, practice so that you can kind of include mind body and spirit in this this process that is coaching right so often we see out there life coaches that are supposed are you know focused mainly on business or career or or maybe even finance mm -hmm. and and that's all well and good and those those are things that many people really do need access to. Mm -hmm. but it was my understanding when i took a look at myself and did some of the deeper healing work that that there was something missing that, that there was some components in this life coaching process or, or the coaching process in general that were generally missing from a lot of people's um, programs, if you will, mm -hmm. or, or what they were selling to people, right? So uh, I basically just decided, you know what, that's, that's my niche. I saw the missing, uh, the missing piece and, and that's, that's the part that's really interesting to me. That's the, those are the things that really uh, set my soul on fire, so to speak. So. Oh. Uh, that's kind of it was kind of a born by fire sort of a I inspirational love euphoria. I think when when you're a healer and when you've chosen the healing path on this earth, you really it is trial by fire. It is. And because so. you have to go through a lot of the stuff that a lot of people are healing from and then get yourself to a place where you feel safe in your in your being. Oh, absolutely. Um I, it's it's pretty difficult to engage in the healing path if you haven't done the work yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and by difficult, I mean you're not going to be very successful if you try. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 more of a calling, less than uh, you know. You, it's not like you go to a high school guidance counselor and they say, you know what, you should be you should be a healer. You know, that's not, that's not something that we experience uh, regularly. You know, most of the people who engage in this have, have been through some things uh, yeah. and, and kind of tested their mettle, if you will, against the world and, and come out on the other side stronger. It's that trial by fire um, experience or, or mm -hmm. what some people call the dark night of the soul. Mm. You, have to, you have to undergo a certain level of trial or tribulation in order to kind of pass through and, and to become uh, the healer archetype, right? And, yeah. and in, in, in experiencing that, you come to a realization uh, about the world, about yourself, and that 
that there are certain things that you are essentially responsible to pass on to others. You're calling almost. Will, will you help my the audience and kind of our listeners understand what the Dark Knight of the Soul is? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the Dark Knight of the Soul is a term coined, um, gosh, I, I wish I could remember who exactly. It may have been mm-hmm. St. Teresa of Avila um, who, who coined the term. But the Dark Knight of the Soul is kind of that, that space in awakening uh, or spiritual awakening that, that feels like you're going to die, mm-hmm. <laughs> where everything feels like there's no hope. Right. And, and it's kind of like that, that calm moment right before the storm hits again, like the eye of the storm, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, you, you pass through a bunch of this garbage, all this stuff is happening to you, all these things that feel negative. And, and then you get to this calm point and this is, you know, the dark night of the soul has a few phases to it, if you will. And this calm point in the middle is, is where you kind of understand or have this realization or this awakening. And then what most people don't realize is, is it's not like, um, you know, an enlightenment uh, moment where afterwards you're just 100%, you know, Buddha. <laughs> no, you still got some more stuff you got to go through afterwards. And it's a process, right? And one of the cool things about it is, is if we look at it in the, uh, as the analogy of the, of the storm, right? What is the storm doing? It's clearing out all of the old, all the things that no longer serve. And it's tearing you down to to the bones for a reason so that you can kind of redefine and rebuild yourself. It's clearing out all the clutter, all the things that you've accepted about yourself Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily true. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one way to describe the dark night of the soul. Although there's, there's more poetic versions that (laughs) I've certainly read. It was very well said, really well said for me. It was, I am living a life and my body's not very happy with the life I'm living because it's partying. And not that partying, there's anything wrong with it, but the level that I was taking it to mm. mixed with the belief system that I had either been indoctrinated by or had taken on myself came to this crashing halt. And for me, it was right around 27, 26, 27, where this moment of, oh, I am not happy with who I currently am. And mm-hmm. I can't figure out why I'm so miserable just with myself it's not other people that are making me i can blame as much as i want you can blame you can do all these things you can throw other people but when you really sit down in it and you realize i'm just kind of miserable in myself and that Mm -hmm. exactly what you talked about when you have that feeling it's an overwhelming amount of despair and hopelessness i'm Mm. not where i wanted to be i want to be you know just all the things that our, our mind can be so cruel to us toward ourselves and I think Absolutely. that transition from finding the words that were once spoken out of habit, moving into finding the words into intention is so vital. And that oh, is absolutely. that transition of the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Very well said. <laughs> Thank you. It is, it, it is an interesting phenomenon. And it's one that we, we all tend to go through sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there are varying degrees of it mm-hmm. in which certain people feel it at a more intense level. And that, in my opinion, you know, my personal gnosis on the matter is, is that the task that they have at hand, their, their purpose, their mission in life, their individual you know, uniqueness that, that they bring to the table has a certain level of um, energy required 
mm-hmm. in order to accomplish it, right? So mm-hmm. some people will have a dark night of the soul that 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 to others might seem like that was it. That's all you got. Yeah. Well, I got a raw <laughs> deal here, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we all choose different <laughs> varying paths. Absolutely. They all are equal and they all are different. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, like some people imagine it to be much greater, yeah. uh, an experience or, or um, an occurrence in their life. And sometimes people will have it pass them by without them really even consciously knowing, Yeah. which is also fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. You brought up something earlier that I, I just am curious about, and I would like to go back and touch on a little bit, and we can come jump right back into this. You talked about mind-body-spirit connection, mm. but we're also talking about the dark night of the soul. That, those words, spirit and soul, do you see a difference between those? Do you define those in a certain way? Um, I've played this question out with a few different people, and I'm always curious because everyone's kind of got a different opinion. I would love mm. to hear yours. Well, I mean, the short answer is, is no, not really, right? Because there's this center of, of, of oneness that connects all these things. Mm. So really, the idea of mind, body, spirit is just a way of breaking down the concepts into smaller receptacles, if you will, so that you can pass that information along to somebody so that they can integrate those three, right? Wonderful. But if we're getting intellectual mm-hmm. <laughs> about let's, it, let's go there. <laughs> I see, I see a definite distinction, mm-hmm. uh, not only in what we have, uh, passed down to us, you know, in mythology, literature, um, and, and philosophy, there is a distinct difference between spirit, which is all pervasive and, and is kind of like the connective tissue between every single manifestation of the one, right. Mm-hmm. And the soul is that connected connecting point where that connective tissue attaches to the individual manifestation. So it's your connection to oneness. It's your own personalized receptacle, if you will, where, where that, that can, that piece that is ever present and ever connected and always eternal Mm -hmm. attaches to that oneness that is, that is everything else, but it's your Mm -hmm. own personal version of it. So that's, that's one that people have debated throughout time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, immemorial, you know, uh, what, what is that thing? What is the soul? Mm-hmm. And it's your unique individualization. It's the actor, you know, in the play. If you, if you've read the Bhagavad Gita before, they talk mm-hmm. about the actor part of this. There's the Atman, which is the, the part of ourselves that is everything. And then there's the actor that we've manifested to play in this life and that's the soul in in, in more christian terms right in the more western esoteric terminology would be the soul instead of the actor or the the maya that you have to play in the eastern terminology and so there is a distinction but only so that we can wrap our mind around it and and start to understand the deeper truth which is that 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 is a that is simply um an illusion that we undergo in order to experience life uh, in this very uh, specific manifestation. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, would you say the actor, I'm surprised here the actor and the soul are tied. I would think that the actor was probably the ego. Oh, no, not necessarily. We, not what's necessarily. the difference there? How do you see those separated? Well, I mean, they could be mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, the soul is, say, so we're talking about, before we were talking about a, a specific purpose or a mission right. that, that somebody has or something that they are doing. 
we have to understand things uh, insofar as the universe is a you know 14 billion year old mechanism that is very calculating and very intelligent. We we like to think of it as you know maybe not so because it doesn't think the way that we do, right? Yeah. But every single moment that has transpired up until this point has been driving us towards a certain thing. What what that thing is, what that event or that occurrence is, we we can't really ever know for sure. But there is something that we are, you know, inclined to do in life. Each individual has inclinations, whether those are necessarily only environmental or if there is a higher force at play here, it's hard to distinguish, but it's my own personal belief that there is something that the soul is manifested and for for a purpose, if you will. Mm-hmm. The soul manifests for a specific purpose to do mm-hmm. a specific thing mm-hmm. or perform a specific role. Mm-hmm. Now the ego can get in the way of that and get in the middle of the process and kind of throw things off, right? Because mm-hmm. the ego is very concerned with safety and security. Now, the soul's mission in life often takes us into dark places. That's why we have the dark night of the soul, places that are uncomfortable, places that stretch us, that expand us, that force us to grow in different ways, and then force us to reintegrate all of these pieces and heal them again so that we can become whole. Now, the ego can get in the way of that because it says, no, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to go through this horrible, painful experience. We want to seek pleasure only and comfort. Mm-hmm. And so they, they can very easily be misunderstood as synonymous. Mm-hmm. Wow, really well said. Really cool. I like those, those being broken down. The last time I read the Bhagavad Gita, what I really was fascinated with and have been playing with a little bit, and I, if I incorrectly say these, please feel free to correct, but those three levels where you have tamas, ratva, sattva, is that the three, I believe? Yes. Perfect. And it's this, these levels where now that we're talking about there, there are these things that you can start playing with. Where are you choosing to spend your time in the world and in your mm-hmm. perspective living your intentional being? And mm-hmm. these three levels of kind of lower, mid-run, and then higher elevation consciousness, I love the, conscious, the concept of that because it really it feels right. Does that make sense? No, yeah. No, and you know you can see it also represented like in the in the chakra system, right? You have the the lower natured chakras, the higher natured chakras, and right smack in the middle, quite possibly the most important one, the the heart chakra, mm. where you integrate all all of the up and the down, and and we're supposed to exist on a spectrum. You know, it's not like I think one issue that people have when they start um, awakening to the spirit is that they think that it's a linear progression that you know we go from root chakra and then when we get to the the crown then we're all done right we finished it we did it yay but that's, that's not necessarily the case it's more of like a spiral we come in and out yeah. of these levels of existence and levels of being yeah. and we and we return to them to learn new lessons yeah. you know and and any at any point in time you know it's not like just because I call myself the soul coach doesn't mean that my third eye is always turned on, you know? Right, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah, sometimes we're acting from a space of frustration and whatever, yeah. and it's, it's that awareness that, of what, what mode or energetic uh, construct that we're operating in that, that really helps us unlock that next level of life. Because if, we're, if we don't approach it without, without 
with that awareness, then we kind of act on autopilot, right? Totally. And to add a point to that, I really am grateful you brought up the chakra system and tying into those higher level, lower level. What's been fun is because I, I, very similar to what you just said, went through the linear process. Mm. Uh, I can feel that my root chakra has got issues, red. I'm feeling I'm not safe. I don't feel secure. I've got these root grounding issues that Mm. have come from past healing that needs to be worked through. And as I worked through that process, using a lot of different processes, a lot of different healers, a lot of different talk, conversational consciousness processing, stones, just different things to be able to clear that goes the next one, next one, next one. What's interesting is I've been really playing with reversing the orders and Mm. just in one simple reverse of an order going from top to bottom, bottom to top, it has given a completely different perspective within itself. And it really has been a repeat of what's already being learned in a new format mm. time frame that allows brand new healing to then grow. Absolutely. It's really that's, exciting. That's the beautiful part about it is, is that we're not ever really done. The, <laughs> there's right. always more to learn. There's always more to heal. And, and, and it's, it's about that process, that journey. And, and I think it's something that we suffer from here in the West, particularly because we are so linearly based. We think of things as an A to Z instead of more circularly based, like, like many other cultures in this world that, that think of things as a spiral or a circle where we're constantly uh, relearning and, and revisiting old topics so that we can see them in a new light. You know, if you think about it in, insofar as the body, not even just the mind or the spirit, the body changes itself every seven years. You're a totally different human than you were seven years ago, wow. right? So yeah. of course, you're going to come back and revisit some of these things again, and now you're going to have a different perspective. And that right. different perspective will be the key to get you to the next phase, right? It's, it's, really, it's really magnificent. The, de- the design behind it all is amazing if, once you get that little peek behind the veil, if you will. Uh-huh. Absolutely. May I ask a personal question? When, when did your third eye turn on, if you're willing to kind of go through, and maybe even further back on, how did you decide that this dark night of the soul was something you were experiencing? How did this all start? You know, help people understand where (laughs) this all, because you're, you're dropping knowledge right now that is really, really exciting. And I think it's a, we're headed towards this shift. And you can feel people start to, talk about words, woke, things, meditation, you're here, it's trigger words. But I mm. think to really go deep into this stuff and really talk about the, the backbone of it is so critical and it often is misplaced. So I would love to hear how you, t- you jumped into all this. Well, I mean, the backbone of, of, of the entire experience is, is have you asked the question, do you know yourself? The ancient sages, you know, whether it's attributed to Jesus sometimes or, or even deeper to Ta from Egypt or for, from the Buddha, know thyself is this thing that keeps coming up in, in philosophies from the East and West. I think when it started with me was when I started to realize that I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was playing a part so well that I'd lost myself in the part, lost myself in the role, kind of like a method actor, right? right. And this is a few years back. Um, oh God, probably 2013, 2014-ish, 
when it started to happen to me. And it was, you know, I was, God, what was I then? <laughs> uh, math, not my strong suit, right? Uh, but, you know, it was, that's, that's going on, you know, seven, seven or so yeah. years ago. Yeah, and that would put me, put me in my late 20s. And I realized that, that I wasn't where I wanted to be. I had kind of squandered my 20s on experiences and yeah. things like that. Uh, party nature it was deep into that scene and, mm-hmm. and just kind of living this bohemian uh, lifestyle <laughs> that, that was attractive yeah. while, while inebriated, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I'm living that. I'm, I'm counter to the culture and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the answer. And, and eventually there were some knocks on the door from the other side, if you will, that were yeah. like, hey. And you need to pay attention. This isn't this isn't what you're here to do. This isn't what you're here to experience. Yeah. Uh, but but it is in its own way, right? But it like, is. Yeah. Like I had to go through all yeah. of this to have yeah. this abuse this abuse uh, happen to me. Like it was mm-hmm. all self imposed, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to heal from that to be where I'm at today. So it was all mm-hmm. part of the process. It's not like I look back on it now and and hang my head in shame or or I'm filled with regret. Um, I think regret was what I was feeling at the time. And that was why I abused so many things in, in life, whether it was, uh, you know, sexuality or, or substance or, or, or any of those things. Uh, myself, uh, on many levels, you know, self-talk was probably, uh, I can't really remember too far back because I've kind of grown past who I was then. Mm-hmm. But I do remember at times just berating myself for for no apparent reason, just because mm-hmm. I didn't fit what I had imagined I would, where I would imagine I would be mm-hmm. at that time. And so the dark night of the soul came uh, upon me, probably I would say it's strongest in 2015, where my world just kind of got thrown for a loop and, and I lost virtually everything in life and had to rebuild everything from scratch and spent the better part of the last five years figuring out who this, who this Christopher Lee is and, and where do I really want to take myself? Mm -hmm. And, and that was a beautiful process. Not, not easy by any means, difficult, but beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I love the words you use a magnificent, beautiful. Uh, It's these, it's words that, to be honest, I never discovered and I discovered once I went through the dark night of the soul, through it, during it. And in the past, it was these, some of those negative trigger words. And I was, it was good. It's fine. It's okay. Things, mm-hmm. you know, that, those are how I find a lot of people speaking that way. And once they've gone through that, the light, life is light, beautiful, magnificent, incredible, spectacular. I, I love that transition of word usage because it really, you start to feel it and see it when people are going through or have gone through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, you can kind of tell um, there's, there's certain things in, in our, in our Western society, specifically the United States where there's myths that we all accept, right? Mm-hmm. That, that pain and discomfort is a bad thing mm-hmm. that we want we want to avoid them at all costs because, mm-hmm. you know, human life is supposed to be, you know, perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's no bigger no bigger <laughs> salesman's pitch in yeah. the world than that yeah. one right there in fact yeah. it's better and this is one of the things that yoga has taught me so much is that it's in that place of discomfort in that pressing against your edges and your boundaries that peace is found 
it's not in the comfort. It's not in the, the, you know, the, the folds of your blankets in the morning when it's cold outside. It's mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling like things are kind of coming apart is when that growth happens and when you can hit that next new level. And that's mm-hmm. really what we should be aiming for mm-hmm. is, is the, these periods of expansion, which always are followed with some periods of comfort where you kind of settle into this new level that you've come into or this new being, if you will. Mm-hmm. But you have to go through those expansive ouchy moments, if you will, mm-hmm. in, order, in order to get to that. And, and that's something I don't think that we really truly understand until we go through this, uh, this mm-hmm. process. And one thing I want to say, if someone's considering this, going through this, about to go into this process, it's really important because the hurt is sharp and intense, potentially, but the, with the hurt that you experience day to day, the dull, never ending, nagging hurt, in my opinion, is so much more destructive and mm. posing than a sharp, quick, not even that it's quick. I mean, you talked about a three-year span here, but three-year span is so much more effective than a 25-year, what I will call a slump. Not that it necessarily is a slump. Everyone's got their own path. But yeah. that mental push and pull of your fighting yourself, allow yourself to heal from that. So I would ahead. agree with you. I would agree mm-hmm. with you. There's, and I think it's, I think that the sharp moments come about only because we've been ignoring the dull mm-hmm. aching pain for so long. <laughs> now the dull aching pain is there for a reason. It's the, the gentle way that our body and our mind and our spirit, you know, all this, these integrate, these non-integrated parts at this point, right. Are, are signaling us that there's something that needs to shift. You need to let go of something or you need to grow pe- beyond something or you need to heal some trauma. Right. And these things will warn you, but eventually, just like our body's immune system, if you don't take care of the problem, then it's going to give you a new set of symptoms <laughs> that are going to be far more uh, difficult to deal with. And so it's much wiser, in my opinion, to deal with the dull, aching pain as soon as you can so that you don't have to endure the sharp, stabbing one that comes along mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. But I, it, you know, the problem there is, one, we awareness about this sort of issue is not something that is is taught regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know how to do it. We don't know that it's there most of the time. And then once we once we do realize, you know, there's the point, uh, like I said, but you know, three years before the real ache came, I had the clue in that something had to change, but I was terrified to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage or the support system to enact that healing right Mm -hmm. and so i think those are some key things to understand is that you first have to have awareness that there is a problem and then you have to have the courage to step into that very difficult process of healing and then you know third having a support team around you really really does help i agree and what's really cool is then i think based on just what you've talked about so far you're very credible in this process you know, and you're, you're obviously someone who really can help people and guide them through this. There's an int- intuition I can feel and mm. an awareness that, you, and I imagine you, you understand the right questions and can pull that out of others as well and really help them through that path maybe a little bit easier. Is that true? 
Well, th- well, thank you first. Very humbling words. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I like to think so. Um, mm-hmm. It is a very intuitive process. It's not something that I think that you can go to school for. Yeah, if you will. I agree. There's, there's, there's not many programs out there now. Having an understanding of, of human psychology and and, mm-hmm. and cognitive science or neuroscience ob- obviously helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an intuitive process in this in this healing work that that isn't taught necessarily it's taught by listening to others right um people will come to me for for coaching and they what they don't understand first and foremost is that they already have the answer that they need it's not my job to fix them Mm -hmm. or to guide them my only goal uh, with any client interaction is to give you the space to get out of your own way. Often we feel so trapped by our circumstance that we don't know how to get out of our own way to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish in life. And sometimes we just need an outsider's perspective, somebody who can sit and listen and intuit, if you will, the best Mm -hmm. way for you to step aside and allow you to move forward. Mm -hmm. Because our own worst enemy is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we all know it. But we're not always clued into what needs to be let go of. And, and a lot of it is just questioning, listening and questioning. It's a very intuitive process. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's something that many people ask me, oh, how did you get into coaching? Or, or you know, where, where, what, did you, what did you do to learn this, this process? And, you know, oh, I took this course and I took this course. And, but it's not really about that. It's not mm-hmm. like you, you go and get your paper degree from a four-year university. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, some people would like to make it work that way. <laughs> That's exactly. There's a lot because of people trying to make it work that way. Then there's a lot of money in having exactly. that certification program, right? Yep. It's not necessarily about the people anymore. Now it's about mm-hmm. the dollar Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the help that comes from it is also a positive thing. But I agree. There's a... Uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not pooing it. <laughs> totally. But it's definitely, it's a different style of learning when you go onto a course that's kind of cookie cuttered through mm. with someone who really hears you, feels you and can help you comprehend yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And with that, who helps you heal? What's your, cause healers need healers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal. You take on stuff. You have to learn as a healer not to take on what is coming through. You have to really learn how to mm. set boundaries and set your blocks and also set your intentions with it. Well, that I've been very fortunate with um, in, in many regards. I, I learned early on in life, and I am I'm almost certain from, from past experiences and past, <laughs> past lives, learned not to take other people's uh, emotional garbage. I have very healthy boundaries that I maintain Wonderful. with those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, they, I think every every healer needs other healers, and mm-hmm. and I have several groups that I uh, attend for for such self care. And then then of course there's there's the guides that that my more spiritual allies that that help me in this yeah. process. Uh, yeah. Whether that's uh, reading reading about Yeshua or Buddha or or many of the other. Um, uh, luminaries throughout time. That's that's really where I turn to um, is is to to books to to greater learning and to higher power than 
than what we can offer each other here uh, when I really need it. But um, I have a, a men's group that I attend uh, once a month and it's, you know, it fluxes from, you know, four to five to sometimes 10, but there's a core group of just four of us that have really grown together over the last few years that um, whenever I have something come up like that, I know I can take it to them and, and they can help me see a way around it or, or help me to address the things that I'm not addressing. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm great at um, giving advice, not always so great at taking my own. Right. (laughs) That seems to be a common thing with a lot of people just in general. Right. I can tell you exactly how to get out of this problem. And they go, really, how'd you do it? Oh, I haven't. I know exactly how to do it. I just haven't done it yet. Exactly. I'm taking my time with it. You know, I'm letting it marinate. (laughs) And sometimes time is what you need. You know, healing does not need to just be one day done. It Mm. doesn't work that way. It's a process. And you got to, you got to really love the process of learning, love the process of healing. When you can figure those two things out, life becomes pretty freaking cool. (laughs) Absolutely. Life's a miracle, man. It really is. And I think that's, that's really where we all need to be. And what we all are really striving for is that, that sense of wonder, that sense Mm -hmm. of childlike amazement. Mm-hmm. Or, or what I like to do and what I, what, you know, one of the things that I bring up and I try to hammer into people's heads time and time again is gratitude. It's just gratitude to be here, to be alive, to be a part of this experience, to be a part of the great experiment that is the universe and, and all of the amazing things that, that come before our eyes and ears and senses each and every day. If we can get there, then, then a lot of this other stuff that we're dealing with just falls away. And it's, it's a miraculous process, really. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. You kind of just touched on this just a little bit, but how, with, sorry, um, how do the group, so how you connect with a lot of people, I feel. I try. <laughs> right. And this pod- podcast is all about emotions, consciousness, and connecting. We're really jumping into consciousness, and I love that. How do you utilize the connection side of this? It sounds like you go to a few groups. What is mm-hmm. your method? How do you choose to connect with the world? Oh, I mean, there's so many avenues. Whether yeah, it's, there uh, are. Whether it's via podcasting yeah. or um, one, of the, one of the ways that I am really enjoying connecting uh, right now is through LifeGrove, uh, one, uh, one of my businesses right now. Um, uh, I'm a co-founding partner with a number of other fabulous, amazing, uh, very knowledgeable people uh, in this mind, body, spirit you know, industry. And, and every Thursday we do a, a seminar, a live Facebook seminar. Uh, it's, you know, free to watch. And there's, you know, four, four of us just about every time. And we bring up a topic and we engage with the audience and, and we, we talk with each other and we connect and we learn from each other on screen so that everybody else can see that <laughs> us experts, you know, we still don't mm-hmm. always have it all figured out, you know, and I p- mm-hmm. believe that provides some authentic connection and builds trust. Uh, which it. is which is very difficult in this industry. You know, it, I'm sure you see it all the time, Dan. Most of my feed on any social media platform is all coach-oriented stuff. Let me, help me, I'm going to coach you being a coach. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of it. And mm-hmm. it, it, most of it is just so cookie cutter, so, mm-hmm. I don't mean to, I don't mean to mm-hmm. like, really pin them to the floor, but it seems dishonest. There's not a lot of integrity there. And there's not a lot of um, honesty happening. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in this in the spheres of connection that we have, mm-hmm. uh, particularly social media. Everybody wears a face, a mask, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you went behind everybody's you know front door <laughs> and saw what was really going on in their life, you'd probably go, "Huh." So that's uh, that's why I bring up the seminar is is we're on screen, we're being real with you, we're we're interacting in ways that that others aren't. I don't feel, and and, th- really and this cool. podcast as well is is kind of a an open hearted experience because it's it's getting to some really deep you know things in my own personal life <laughs> mm-hmm. that I, I'm not afraid to share because yeah. I think that they should be. Um, anybody right. who wants to come to me should know that I'm the farthest thing from perfect (laughs) right it's not about perfection i think that's one of the biggest healing pieces that you find in that Mm -hmm. it's not about perfection we're taught that that's Mm -hmm. what's important but it's just not it's a big hindrance no and you know and to a certain extent there's there's value in it in being authentic and being what i like to call unapologetically you absolutely um yeah and so that's that's one way that i i love connecting via that seminar May I have that link at the end of this and I'll post it down below. So anyone who would like to actually start attending that seminar, scroll down sure. below and we can, we'll have that link posted up. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the link to the, to the life grow Facebook page and that's where we post all the events and they come out every Thursday, um, mm-hmm. every Thursday around 6 PM Eastern. Um, so yeah, there we do them every week, different topics and pretty soon we're going to be involving other experts from outside of our, our small group and, it's it's going to be awesome. That's yeah, really cool. It's we'll have to have fun. you on, Dan. Hey, anytime, anytime. I'm I'm happy to jump in and dive into this stuff. This is <laughs> uh this is really fun for me. Anytime someone says the word third eye, I'm invo- I'm involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is the obsession with the third eye chakra? By the way, uh, everybody is always talking about that. I think, and this is my own personal gnosis mm-hmm, on the matter is mm-hmm. that because we're so seeing based. Yep. Our, our, our senses, you know, uh, you know, there's like four slots in our, um, in our brain, uh, allocated out of eight to seeing. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's like uh, one way, like just to get layman's terms, this is, you know, some deep neuro and mm-hmm. cognitive science, but there's like eight different slots that are assigned to our various senses. Right. And of the eight, four are sense or are sight based. And, wow. and that's how I understand it. So I think it's because we are so seeing based that everybody's like, in, who is in, engaging in the spiritual journey in any way, shape or form. They're always like, oh, my third eye, I want it to open. I want to see. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I like to challenge people on with, with that is, it's not just that one. There's so much going so on much. within the, within the chakra system. And really, mm-hmm. if you want to learn mm-hmm. to see uh, beyond yourself, it starts in the heart. It yeah, doesn't start it really up does. here. Yeah, I agree. It's really interesting. The first time I feel as if my third eye has always been open, just I've been a connected being for a while. I turned it off when I was very young because it was telling me too much. And as a kid who did not understand what an empath was and that I was reading and feeling everything from everyone, for mm-hmm. me it was much easier to just say, and I'm done. Right. Uh, so 10 years later, my body's furious with me because when you shut something so important off, it, it like you said, the, the slow pain becomes a, a louder pain, becomes a scream. Because mm-hmm. It just gets louder and louder until you are forced to listen. Mm-hmm. From there, yeah, it's, oh, please. It, it's, it's very interesting. Um, 
one way to look at it here is it's mm -hmm. not necessarily that we can turn them on or off. We just don't give them any awareness. We don't tune into them, right? They're always active. You're yeah. always seeing. You're still 100%. seeing. 100%. You're just not paying attention to it, right? Yeah. And I've had a similar experience there. I went to a healer a few years back, and she said that I had a uh, what, what she perceived as a self-imposed lock on the, on the backside of the third eye chakra. Mm -hmm. She said she sees it a lot among, among healers, people mm -hmm. who are embodying that archetype. She said, you know, it's probably from a past life event where you were persecuted or, or something. And, you know, I, I take all that with a grain of salt, but it, it, it kind of spoke to me in a certain way. Like what yep. ways am I putting blocks on myself yep. because I'm afraid to step into my own power. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, it's like you were saying, you blocked it because you were afraid of all that incoming information. You didn't have the tools to process that incoming information. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's just one thing I like to caution is, is that you, there's no off and there really isn't even blockages in, in the chakra system or in our energetics. Uh, in my experience, it's more of a, uh, like a constriction Mm -hmm. There's always a flow because if mm -hmm. you if you were if you were blocking entirely, you would have serious medical issues. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it as ener energetically speaking, if something was 100% blocked, yeah, and then there's no energy flowing to that area of your body, yep. and you're going to manifest a certain level of disease that's going to be very uncomfortable. Correct. So when everybody talks in this in these kind of common New Age parlance of oh well, you know, I know I have a blockage here. Don't refer to it as a blockage. Your words have very specific power. Yep. And, and now you're implanting a block just by stating it as kind of like a point of pride that you know that yep. you have a, a deficiency, right? Yep. And so it's very important to, to be careful with what words we speak because they do have very significant power. And our body tunes in and goes, oh, we do? Well, now we do. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly it. And that is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty interesting. The way I turned mine on, and have you ever practiced any of this stuff where the pineal gland is where a lot of people talk about the third eye being mm -hmm. kind of centrally located, right or wrong, I don't actually have any idea. What I do know is once I started, I took a month where I just lived truly, in my mind, what a pure life looked like. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I could physically feel the, the third eye or some sort of, essence of it go down my spine get to the very base of my spine and at that point instead of releasing that through thomas ratva sattva any of those release points that you can have i kept the purity side and felt it start moving back up to my heart which is where it stopped and mm. i'm so grateful you said that it was the heart that was the core because i could not think or pure my way into getting it to go back all the way up Mm -hmm. It was a heart movement that mm -hmm. had to power it the rest of the way. But when that happened, and I think where the third eye was very intriguing today is the experience that was received once the heart sent it all the way back up was very uh, otherworldly, mm. if I may put such a, a term on it, but a very spiritual otherworldly side. And it's something where to really see, people love faith. Faith is really fun to play in. But when you actually see, feel, touch, smell something that's not 
of this reality that is bigger than you, that's an incredibly powerful moment mm-hmm. that everyone has connection to if they choose. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where you see the fact that there is a gateway. We're talking about the gateway, and now people are discovering how to get there. It's mm-hmm. crazy cool, and you hear meditation. There's a lot of different ways that you can do that. There is, there is. And, you know, that's, that's a very specific experience, you know. It's a, it's a mystic, mystic experience, and it's not necessarily for everyone. Not everybody has, has to walk that path. Um, but we tend to find each other in these, uh, in these connections, don't we? Because cause I've been, I've been there with you, um, and seen some seen, seen. I don't even call yeah. it seeing Felt. because it's so different. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a knowing, Experience. knowing that's perfect. It's really good it, because the seeing is, it's not the same way that our eyes perceive, uh-uh. uh, the material world, but it, it's our, our brains or our minds best approximation of that. Mm-hmm. it's like kind of like dream it felt uh, mm-hmm. for me a lot like the dream dream realm and i'm mm-hmm. a big big proponent of dreaming and lucid dreaming and, and all those sorts of practices because they because they're so amazing dreams are yep. just incredible yeah um but it yeah it's not necessarily a seeing yeah i can see and 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 you were totally right right on when you said that it had to stop at the heart and it had to go through a process there there's there's an alchemy that takes place in that center uh, in order for you to reach that higher state. Absolutely. Um, and it stops, it stops there. The buck stops there until you get that, <laughs> that particular lesson. Um, you're not going to progress any further. It's, it, there's an opening that needs to happen in the, uh, in the heart chakra. It's so true. And really, the, out of all the ch- chakras that I've opened up, chakra, chakra, I actually don't know what it is. Out of all of them that I've opened up and had the healing, the heart for me particularly was the most, I'm going to use bang for the buck. That in the solar plexus. When I opened up solar plexus, I forgot what joy felt like. Mm. And with the solar plexus opening, it was just this rush of joy. And now really every time I see these, this yellow color, it just brings me this flood of emotions that brings happiness, joy, and I'll even go as far to say ecstasy because it really is that pleasurable from a, wow, it just, Joy feels so great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think that laughter is such a belly-related re- exercise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes that sense, right? It's always, yeah. it's always reflected in the body. Whatever there is energetically is always <laughs> reflected in the body. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, it's so true. It's really exciting. It's, I'm really grateful we're kind of jumping in and talking about this stuff. Let me ask you a question. What is the emotion you experience most? Because you, you're pretty in tune and you're playing on the scale. You're able to talk about the scale and the spectrum. What would hmm. you say you currently are, are playing with the most when it comes to emotions? Well, uh, you know, I'll just start off. You know, the one that I struggle with the most mm-hmm. is, is um, frustration, yeah. uh, anger. Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting emotion. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a very misunderstood emotion. Uh, it's one that we tend to shy away from because it's not socially acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that we uh, we more than likely, um, the majority, of, the overwhelming majority of us push down yep. and, and store. And when you don't allow these things to become expressed, what happens? They become perverted. And then they root mm-hmm. themselves in the physical body and they cause problems for us later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a very intriguing one for me. And it's part of my own personal journey to learn how to transmute it. 
into So it's this, it's this lower vibration that, that's begging to be transformed. It's an energy that's trying to raise up the channel, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and it's begging to be transformed into something higher. And so it presents an opportunity each time that it comes up. Okay, what am I really upset about? Is there any validity to, the, to what's making me upset? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, no. No, <laughs> it's something that I've totally built up. Mm-hmm. How do I take this energy and how do I move it into a state of gratitude that this instance that I came across has, has done this, has, has come across? You know, why, is, why is this here? And how do I take it from being frustration into being thankful for the experience? Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's one of the lower ones. And, and I think if, a, if there was a higher vibration emotion that I experience more often than not, it's just a general sense of bliss mm-hmm. that that occurs in micro moments throughout the day where i'll just mm-hmm. kind of catch uh, you know a glint of sunlight off of you know the snow in the winter time and and i'm transported you know beyond time mm-hmm. from just that moment and those those things are the ones that I've, I've been really intrigued by as of late are those moments where kind of taken out of the body and out of mm-hmm. the awareness of of this you know what's going on on your life and you're transported to a present moment that, that seems eternal. And those are the ones that I've been um, really intrigued by. I totally agree. Do you feel like jumping into lucid dreaming helped you get to experiencing those micro moments, having control of the dream state leading to control of the reality, but it's not control. It's just awareness of the pleasant. Uh, you know, potentially I hadn't really thought about it. Uh, dreaming and, and lucid dreaming in particular, uh, just been things that have always interested me. And mm-hmm. I've always been somebody who recalls, you know, mm-hmm. three to four or five dreams a night. Yep. Um, and, and lucid dreaming is not something that I pursue as much mm-hmm. as, uh, when it, when it happens, I kind of run with it. Mm-hmm. I had one last night where I had to overcome a fear of heights again, uh, <laughs> and, and just kind of let go and say, Oh, well, well, let's see if we can fly. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and then, then you get to enjoy it again. But I, I tend to not dive too deep into the realm of lucid dreaming just because it kind of takes the fun out of the <laughs> spontaneity of the experience for me. <laughs> um, but I've never really thought about it that way. It may be that uh, there is a capability of reprogramming your um, relationship with reality via the yeah. dream state. Um, I can see how that would be very effective um, mm-hmm. because you can, in the dream state, everything seems so real, just mm-hmm. like in the waking state. Um, and I've never really wondered why anybody put more relevance on this mm-hmm. state yeah. than the dream state because yeah. they're both incredibly um, attached to our overall experience of life. Absolutely. Um, the, the real. Very valuable. I agree. I definitely agree. And for those who don't know, lucid dreaming is the essence where you're having a dream and instead of that dream being in control you have the ability to move through that dream change things uh move your body just not only that you can you can take it to points of pure creation which are absolutely magnificent where you can shift what you want to experience Mm -hmm. and it's it's a telltale sign of what we are capable of doing in our waking state as well we're not as we're not as trapped as we believe ourselves to be Mm -hmm. In fact, we're in control of the situation more often than not. 
Yeah. You having re- reoccurring dreams where you have to play through the scenario until you get out, and then once your oh, light all the gets time. out, then it stops. A new dream begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had many of those throughout time. Um, yep. And some of them are, are more, some of them are something that you need to get over in yep. life, right? And, yep. and there's others where, again, my own personal gnosis, not necessarily factual, right? <laughs> that I think are, you're, you're walking to other realms, other states of existence, um, because I've returned to certain places and I've had knowledge of them. And I go, how do I have knowledge of this? It feels like I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Have I been here before? And then you get into the dream a little bit deeper. Oh, and I just saw 1111. So there's obviously a connection to yeah. what I'm saying right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> being accurate. I'm doubting myself. And then it goes, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that there's also the uh, potentiality of visiting other planes of existence yeah. uh, in the lucid state too. So it's, it's yep. very intriguing. It is very intriguing. Uh, what are so to kind of this has been incredible i really appreciate this and i could talk like this for hours but i think <laughs> it's important that people get a chance to kind of meet you and know you for who you are instead of hearing everything right here how what are your future goals like what do you want you you've gotten all this kind of background you're going through the healing you're healing others through this process what are the goals for what you're doing with some of the organizations just everything well i mean ultimately it's to be of service mm-hmm. um I wake up every day and that's, that's the prayer that I try to embody is how can I be of service to those around me? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I be of service to the divine in, in whatever shape or form that takes? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, uh, to help people heal, to uh, educate people, to help them understand um, and, and navigate the confusion that, that comes up for all of us. Uh, those are some, some very, you know, simple simply stated goals, not necessarily simply walked. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, there's so many avenues with which you can do that. Uh, I work with people one-to-one, you know, here in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, I work with people online uh, through uh, institutions like Life Grove, Mm -hmm. uh, where we, we, we definitely have services that we provide people. Um, And along with the seminars and, and online courses that we're now putting together, including some ones on I did one on gratitude. Uh, we have one on law of attraction, on mindfulness, and those sorts of things. Cool. It's, it's really just to, to help other people. And that, yeah. that's my, my goal. And in whatever shape or form that takes, uh, whatever form the universe presents that in, uh, that's, it's my job to, to take that, that opportunity. I can feel it. And it's really exciting. We, the world needs people exactly like you. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful you're here in Denver, Colorado, to help anyone. And also in the United States, a.k.a. the world. you know because it's now online and that's really exciting the connection side of what online brings is is incredible and i think really when you say that so many people online are just putting cookie cutter things together not that that's not necessary if that's how it is wonderful but then just all of it to be able to connect and educate like you said and heal i think that's the real overall goal and it's cool Mm -hmm. to have those platforms available um, how do people connect with you? Like, how do they actually contact and reach these organizations? And we'll have all the socials below and all the stuff. So, yeah, well, I mean, you can connect with me on my website at Wildwood Holistic, uh, specifically here um, in Denver. Um, and you can connect with me as well, you know, more on an international or, or a national basis at, at lifegrove.org uh, and lifegroveacademy.org. Um, so uh, I'll give you all those links and, and you guys can get at me. You can also get at me on Twitter. Uh, 
Uh, my handle is at Christ Lee Ike, E-I-C-H. I'll give you that one in the link too. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook as well. Okay. That is awesome. Really, really cool. I, I'm really grateful we got to go over all this stuff and you feel comfortable talking about this. It's rare and it's, it's appreciated. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. It's been a, it's been a, an illuminating conversation for many <laughs> points, even for me. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I feel the same way that you would do. I could talk on these topics all day long. All day. If yeah. only people would just pay me for it all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a goal, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's intentioning through. And honestly, the information, when someone is hurting, if mm. you, are, you out there in the world listening to this, if you are hurting, there is, this is a shortcut. It's, it takes a little bit to get the momentum up. It sometimes takes the courage and the guts to reach out and say, maybe I, I could work through this. And in the dark night of the soul, sometimes the hardest part is getting out of your mind and the depression and the anxiety that can just run and run and run and ask mm. for that help. I think having resources and this spiritual guides and just a community around you that understands what you're going through and is so willing and wanting to help is an incredible way to allow your time and your, your life to be spent. And I highly recommend reaching out if, you, if you're feeling that kind of discouragement or, or just trial and tribulation at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I'd like to echo that for just a moment, Dan. Please. If, if you are, there's, there's no shame in reaching out and, and you, should, you should start to enact the process of letting go of the old because there's something miraculous on the other side of this pain that you have. Pain is a doorway and on the other side is the life that that the universe that god the divine that you your higher self is calling you to and if you could just give yourself enough benefit of the doubt to know that you have the power to overcome this obstacle to open that door to step through if you can get to that point then i can promise you on the other side there's something truly miraculous i agree and that is also echoed really cool christopher lee AKA the soul coach. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. All right, guys, this is actually connecting where emotions, consciousness and connecting come first. If you have any questions or you want to follow the podcast, it's called actually connecting. We're on all the platforms and we would love to uh, have you listen, subscribe and keep playing along with us. We got more to come. Thank you, Christopher Lee. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Like what you heard, give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.